Welcome to the 124th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, David Udo, and we're recording on the Monday evening after Arsenal's defeat at Manchester City, and in one week's time of this recording, we'll be facing Chelsea at home in the final game before Christmas Day. So, to introduce our panel, and starting with a regular voice. The podcast is evidently listened to by enough people for the great man to be recognised by Gunas simply by opening his mouth and expressing an opinion, be it waiting to get through a turnstile at the Grove or in some eatery in NW3. He recently released a coffee table book entitled Hampstead Faces, Volume 1, including a couple of Arsenal players amidst the celebs and characters. So without further ado, good evening to Don Sebastiano, a.k.a. Emmanuel Mustafa Goldstein. Good evening, and uh, stop following me about, please. <laughs> I'm in that tree for two hours and you don't notice. <laughs> Next up, the publisher of The Guna and the editor from its first issue in 1987 until the end of the 1999-2000 season. Nowadays, he largely restricts his Guna output to maintaining our Twitter account and the occasional appearance on the podcast. He's rushed here from a work meeting to be on the panel tonight. Too late for the Chinese takeaway, he so generously funds. Whether or not his stomach will be the only thing grumbling tonight, we wait to see. But in the meantime, it's a warm welcome to Mr. Mike Francis. Good evening. <clears throat> and last, but by no means least, he made his debut on the panel back in September and proved very popular with the listeners, so it's a delight to have him back. By profession, a photographer for his own offside photo agency, he loves nothing more than talking Arsenal, so he's a man in his medium. Last time he was on... He ended up going to the pub with the Highbury Spy to continue the conversation. Recordings of that have yet to surface, but we await them with interest. He's been behind the goal line taking the pictures at Arsenal matches for 40 years now, and it's a pleasure to welcome Mr Mark Leach. Very good evening to you. So, gents, seven days which saw a home draw with Everton, defeats at Napoli and Manchester City. Mike, have the rails come off Arsenal's season, or is, is this just a blip? I think it's just a blip, personally. I think... We've had a. It was a tough week, you know. It was always going to be a tough week. We we knew that. Drawing at home to Everton's probably the most disappointing of those because you kind of felt that you got to win your home games. Um, but Everton were probably the best side to visit this season, with maybe the, or certainly in the Premier League. Um, and and you know we're, we're well worth a draw. Napoli was the, the problem with going Napoli was always going to be. We can afford a three 0 defeat, or as long as we avoid a three 0 defeat. So we were kind of beaten before we went, really, um, which, which, which is unfortunate. Man City, uh, I think we all saw that one coming, or at least the potential. Um, Six three, yeah, it sounds awful, but maybe not as bad as it sounded. Firstly, bear in mind, um, Liverpool are only um, what two points behind us. If they win on Saturday, they're top ahead of us. Uh, before the Chelsea game, um, are, are we going to crumble, or is the fact that they've got to play Man City and Chelsea, you know, over Christmas uh, and, and before New Year, that's going to bring them back down? This is just a blip. It's all okay. Don't worry about it. Or have five games in fifteen days essentially killed us? Well, you know, after what they did to Spurs, I'm a sort of bit of a closet case Liverpool fan at the moment. Really, I'm not, I, I quite enjoyed. It was it, after this weekend to sit back and watch uh, watch that happen at White Hart Lane was just. Lovely. <laughs> I really needed a bit of bit of something to smile about and just have a good old chortle mm. about. But um, I'm not really that 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 worried like like Mike. I don't think uh, I, I think this is a blip, and I think I was upset against Napoli because they were very doable that day, and we really 
I was a little upset with Wenger's choice of team. I thought, and play, we, we discussed it on this podcast before, Arteta and Flamini together doesn't always seem to um, work. Um, and, and why, you know, really, why couldn't he have started with Walcott, Wilshire, and Ramsey, got a goal, and then rested them, you know, rather than sort of bring on Ramsey when it's all. You know, and uh, those last 30 seconds, you thought, surely not the unthinkable, you know, um, when that ball looped in. Uh, and it, I was disappointed because I thought, really, and now we've got, you know, I'm sure it'll be a question later, but now we've got Bayern, uh, which we really did not want. Um, unnecessary as well. So it, stupid things like that, and, and needless, it, it, everything from results like that to the needless kind of. Uh, giving away of the ball um, by various Arsenal players in the last couple of games. Um, we need to tighten up and kick some arse, basically. But I'm not worried about Liverpool, actually. I, th- I think City are the, the main threat. And, of course, Chelsea, you know, it's, it's a big game next, next Monday. Um, On the subject of that big game, Mark, um, we're playing Chelsea, uh, who are managed by Jose Mourinho, who Wenger's never beaten in his career. Um, after the last three games we've had, and we've got that coming up, we're fucked, aren't we? Certainly not. No, I was, I was just thinking. I'd, I'd review those other games as well and think nobody wants to come on here and say we were unlucky. But Everton had the ball. Sorry, going back to those other three mm. games. Everton had the ball, loads of possession. But I don't remember too many saves from Chesney. The lad from Barcelona came on, scored a wonder goal. Can't really do much about that. Hit the bar of the last kick. And the thing about Napoli, it wasn't a great performance. But Dortmund were Dortmund were out. Mm. It was Arsenal and Napoli through. Having a little love in them and knocking it around. The news comes through from the Dortmund goal, and they were mentally prepared to step up the gear. We 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 didn't do it. So instead of having say Zenit, we've got Bayern, which with the cup draw against Tottenham as well, it looks it needs some work to be done to clear the players' minds. Uh, I thought the City game, he didn't use tiredness as an excuse because City won in Munich with quite a few players rested. That's how scary their squad is. Mm. So. Yeah, um, Chelsea is one really, really want to win, and I don't think the history will come into it. We've got to beat him sometime Monday night, best time. Uh, that's a fair comment. I mean, thinking about that, those games have had we've had three very, very, very difficult games in six days. Uh, one of which was played in torrential rain and freezing cold south of Italy. Um, they are athletes, but they're human beings. I mean, Mike, is, is fatigue, fatigue an excuse for conceding six goals in Eastlands? At, at that point, they're just absolutely knackered. No, it's not. I mean, I mean you know, we go back to the summer, don't we, and say, well, we didn't buy enough players and make the squad big enough. But we've still made changes, and, and you know, it wasn't, the same, it wasn't exactly the same players playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Koscielny went off, the Marlin came on. I don't think that necessarily weakened the, the, the defence at that point. Um, but we made, we made sloppy errors against City. Um, I think that was the most frustrating thing because we, we, were, we were in the game. We were definitely in the game at, well, at 2-1, at three, even at 3-1 three, three and 3-2. Three um, and uh, for me, and I, I, I put it on the Twitter account yesterday, was when, when we took Flamini off with about 20 minutes to go and I just had horrible flashbacks to um, at the Old Trafford game where we took Cochrane off um, and, and Cochrane that day was probably our best player I know that sounds a bit bizarre to say but he was winning a lot of tackles and as soon as we lost our holding midfield man they just overran us in midfield and it was kind of similar at Man City I think Yaya Torre suddenly went I haven't got anyone within 20 yards of me 
you know, and he just strove for him. We didn't, we didn't get enough of the ball. We suddenly didn't have a ball winner. Mm. So the threat that we had going forward was still there, but we didn't have the ball to do anything with it anymore. I think that was the frustrating thing. And, you know, a few soft goals could have been different. Are we the only team to have scored three goals at the Etihad this season? Though? Yes, we are. I mean, before apart the kick-off. Apart from Bayern Munich. Apart from Bayern Munich, Munich, but in the league, you'd, you'd have taken... Someone said to you, you're going to go and score three goals at the Etihad today. You'd say, oh, all right, OK. Yeah. Worst in that case scenario, a draw. But, um, you know, I, I think the... Uh, the, the ref and linesmen weren't weren't on our side, um, uh, and of course, match of the day weren't as usual. But that was after the. the, the, the but you know, it was strangely, um, I, I, I don't. I, I was semi expecting defeat. I, th- I thought if you're going to lose, you're going to lose there. Obviously, if you look at their record at home, it's just silly. Mm. It's ridiculous. But they do slip. They slip up away, don't they? A little well, bit. Well, Mark. As a bottom line, what actually went wrong at Easton's? Was it just a few mistakes? Were we actually knackered, contrary to what Mike said? Or um, did we just lose to a team which is far better than us? I'm, well, I think we were retired. The strange quote for me was, Wenger didn't use the tired, didn't come out with an excuse. Mm. What he did say was, I think we lost all our discipline and our defensive shape when I took Flamini off. That was a very strange oh, thing to say. Really it's not like when he got injured, got cramped or got... Sent off when I took him off. So right? why did you <laughs> fucking take him off? <laughs> so that was a very strange one to me. But I thought Theo popping a couple in, and uh, as you say, kept Zabaleta back when he went on that left side. Uh, be great to get Podolski, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Walcott back and firing and keep getting a bit of fear in teams again. I think that's what we need. Uh, I think if everyone can put it behind them, yeah. I mean, obviously the events at White Hart Lane yesterday kind of. Well, we, you know, I'd, I'd rather we're just here talking about Arsenal but it kind of made the weekend I'm in a kind of dreamland thinking it wasn't such a bad weekend after all but it seems a long time ago now Saturday lunchtime seems what's happened since but uh, no we, we got done we got done up there basically if anyone's wondering what time it is it is five past Tottenham um, we, I think, I think we've, thank you very much thank you I was saving that for eight minutes thank you I'm never going to read this script again um, look and then <laughs> Should it be worrying that our best player last year, Mike, uh, was Santi Cazorla? He was fantastic. Uh, we're struggling. Flamini's coming off. Turns around to the bench. We've got Cazorla, our best player. Rosicki, who's done this a million times before. I know I'm going to throw on Serge Nabry. Um, I don't know if this is a question from a Shakespearean player or a quote of Nietzsche, but what the fuck? It was an unusual move, wasn't it? Um, but actually, I thought it was probably the right one because I thought City were susceptible to pace we'd seen it Walcott had, had kind of got behind on that side of the pitch and you know we know Narbury's quick and we know he's, he's probably quicker than Casola and you know so I thought I thought it was a it was a it was a brave move mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't criticise Wenger for that I think um, you know sometimes he he's he's been criticised for always doing the subs waiting until the 70th minute and all that and I think in the last few weeks um was it the Everton game where we made the triple substitution? Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, and, and it was like, well, you know, maybe he's, he's changing his ways a little bit and mm. being a little more flexible. Um, and, and I thought that was maybe another good example of it. It's a fair point. We I mean, didn't then get the ball to Gnabry so him to do it, yeah. think, which, which wasn't such a good thing. He did but assist with one goal. That goes back to my goal. Flamini point. We, yes. we didn't have it. He did assist with one goal in fairness, Gnabry, unfortunately, at the wrong end. So anyway, look, we've covered the game itself. 
after the game and a few things that, that have sort of come out from it. Um, Mr. Uh, Goldstein slash uh, Sebastiano uh, slash whatever you fancy at the moment. Um, slash, actually. I quite fancy. Yeah, slash. Mr. Stasslight. Let's rock on, man. Um, so... A lot of talk over the weekend since uh, the game finished. Jack Wilshire, the toys came out of the, the pram. The finger may or may not have gone up. Uh, the FA quite quiet at the moment, but let's face it, the one midfielder short next Monday against Chelsea. Should Jack allow himself to get wound up by the crowd, or should he grow up a little bit? Yeah, obviously he should grow up a bit. Um, I mean, silly, stick your finger out. Um, you know, you know. I mean, for me personally, I don't think it's such a major offence but um, that's because I'm a wild wacky rock and roll kind of guy but uh, the FA obviously don't see it that way and uh, and uh, you know small children watch it and all that so it's not a good look it's not a good example for a professional footballer to act that way and the fact is I mean actually we all there were a few dummies spat out the pram I mean Murta Saka running up to Ozil and a public display of you must behave yourself in front of the fans go and hug them and all that um, let's, let's leave that for the dressing room. We don't, you know, go and have a quiet word and say, look, next game, go and say that to the fans. They've come all the way up here, right? We've lost, we've, you know, and, uh, and they pay our wages, whatever he wants to tell him. But don't do it in front of the match of the day cameras of all fucking people, you know, because the last thing we need is all that lot who are already on our backs. And Wilshire, he had a bad game, I thought, and I thought he was chasing shadows. I thought he just wasn't really... He lost possession a lot, um, rather than just simple quick pass. I, I think he was struggling a bit because Monreal, I don't think, is quite as strong as Gibbs. Where was Gibbs? I've got no idea. But um, I, I, I did notice that Monreal had the ball, and had that have been Gibbs, that mm. possession would have been given away, or it had been in another position, and it would have been a bit harder for... City, who just saw the big gap on the right wing and said, we'll have that. So, and I think at least two of the goals, I just saw someone looking like Jack Wilshire, sort of running, like a, you know, very delayed, someone late <laughs> for a train or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, but, but he tweeted straight after the game, don't worry, everyone will bounce back. So, Jack, the spirit of Jack still, still going strong. And uh, I think we will as well. We're a, many, good, we're a good football team. Many thanks to Jack's agent for a nice tweet there. Bless him. Uh, I mean, Mark, it was mentioned briefly by by by, uh, by Basti just then uh, with regards to Pear Mertesacker having an absolute rollicking at Meza Erzo on the pitch in front of the TV cameras. You, you, you've you've had that aspect of him. The fact that Ozil's getting some criticism from people for his contribution of late, becoming the new Stephen Hughes. Graham Ricks only turns up when we're five nil up already and does something flashy. Is any of this criticism? Deserved, justified. I mean, should he have been given a spanking by um, Bertasaka at the end of the game? I'm um, no, I'm a big fan of Ozil's. I think I, I liked what Bertasaka did because I thought that really showed command and leadership as a captain. And he it was great PR. I don't suggest he did it for PR, but I was really pleased with Bertasaka. And Ozil was saying, "Is it just a cop out?" Tweeted about it later, but. I'm on the third round of questions and I haven't gone back to the 1970s so I'm feeling a bit twitchy at this moment. <laughs> I was hoping you'd ask me about Wilshire and the most depressing thing on that for me was mm. as an Englishman what's this one finger? Yeah, yeah, what's wrong with flicking the V? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no coaching obviously <laughs> management people Very are because I remember FA Cup baseball ground 1972 Charlie George getting stick for his long hair out there scored the second goal for Arsenal 
all the way across to the pop side at Derby. Do you reckon Wilshire was going like totally awesome, dude? As he's saying, the thing instead of yeah. fuck off, you make yeah. bastards, which would have been more appropriate. Spin on that, your mother. No, it should have been double. You know, then we'd all forgiven him. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what else is Steve Bold's role within the team if it's not putting out the and canes and teaching and stuff? It would have been like a lot harder for Match of the Day to pixelate as well. That one, or was it Sky pixelated? It was one a fat thing. little finger as well. Yeah, no. A little sausage on the end yeah, of it. It's Sky pixelation department a bit more work to do. Yeah. You know. He was very good in Lord of the Rings, in fairness. Right. Him and Gollum looking after that rim. But there we go. Um, Mike, I, I think that something that, that, that's come out from, from Mark, what Mark's just said was that uh, Murtasak is there in a heartbeat. I, I think that, uh, the fact that Arteta is, well, he is what he is, I, I've got opinions on Arteta, I'll keep them myself, and, and Vermaelen's not in the team. Am I correct in saying that Per Murtasak essentially is our captain and should be made our captain? Norbert Name, isn't he? I mean, it, it, and, and, you know, from Mark's point, I thought it was great. And, you know, yes, I agree with Basti to an extent that, yeah, you'd rather wash your dirty, wash your name. Um, in, the, in private rather than that in public but actually it sends out a good message to the fans doesn't it and maybe even to the rest of the players you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't mess with me um, I, I may not be the captain but I've got the armband on today and uh, I'll tell you what I think and, and, he, and he's done that a few times he does show his frustration at the end of games sometimes mm-hmm. you know? um, and yeah I, I'd give him the captaincy I think he's he's leading by example we know he's not the quickest and he's at, he's at the back and he's had a lot of criticism for that but he's so organised He's German, you know. It was a bit Tony Adams. Until he said he was German, he was Tony Adams. It was a bit Tony Adams. It reminded me of Tony Adams with his fist in a, you know, fist, shaking his fist at the defence. Come on. Going, come on. And uh, look, passion. He certainly has passion. He's got it. Um, And so that's what it showed, that he had passion. So in in that sense, it was a a good thing. But... uh, yeah, it's still a bit of dirty laundry in public, I think. Um, for someone like Urzel as well, who's, you know, let's face it, Urzel's the sort of player who, he might not look like he does an awful lot a lot of the time. You, 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 you could label him a bit lazy, even, or a bit like a bit of a stroller, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, every now and again, but, but the thing is that he, he does put in a peach of a pass, and, and that's a, a game changer, and he can do that. And I, I did think, even though I didn't think he had a good game against City, I thought uh, at any point he could do something, and then he did, he you know, made a goal just out of nothing. Um, yeah. And Walcott's finished, well, I thought at first he'd fluffed it completely, it was going wide, <laughs> and, and there it was in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, a, I think the Cardiff game, I was, I was fortunate enough to be down at Cardiff for that, and uh, he, was, he was invisible. Mm. But he still made. Yeah, I mean the pass for Flamini's goal. I was, I was, I was lucky. I was in the main stand. It wasn't with the away fans. I was with the main stand. You just saw it right, and it was like Freddie through the eye of the needle, and Flamini just didn't have to break side and smashed into that net. And, and you could see that when I saw the replay afterwards, Baldy must have been like straight line because he saw he was up out of his seat straight away. You know, and you saw him go, "What a pass!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh," and, that, and I think that's it. That's what he gives us. He's got an the quality that he, he provides. He may not do it as often as we'd like, but mm. the quality is there. I think he'll do it more with time as well. Look, he's still. How long have we had us all? Not you know three, three months. four months. Yeah. Well, exactly. So I don't remember how long did Dennis take to start flying great guns? I think it was a six months or something before we and that I, Southampton game where he scored. I think Ozil doesn't have to play with Glenn Helder, though, does he? Well, that, <laughs> Glenn Helder. Oh dear. But yeah, I mean the thing with Ozil as well is it's like now if Walcott's fit and getting stays fit. He's the sort of player that we can really use those passes, thread it through with Walcott's pace. 
take a bit, they could be a bit well, he doesn't have to play with Glenn Helder but I mentioned it before the podcast and it's something that's starting to annoy me a little bit is Giroud's um, tendency to sort of run with his head behind his feet as his feet run forward and the, he's not, he doesn't seem like the most quick-witted of people sometimes it's, uh, it, in fact sometimes I think Murtasak is probably a bit sharper um, these days, mm. and I don't know. You know, to be fair, Giroud seems to score goals when, as you know, um, he's, look, he's very good with his back to goal. He's very good at passing it about. He's very good at, at interchanging with the rest of the team. My jury's out on whether he's really the out and out goal scorer that we need. When we're, don't forget, we're playing with one, one man up front a lot. Um, of course, you know, and so when Ramsey and the rest of the midfield don't chip in. Mm. He's, he's, not, he's not putting them in the back of the net. Well, this is probably the $64,000 question. I mean, this is a man, Giroud, last year was criticised by everyone. I mean, his first game counters a sub for Podolski, open goal against Sunderland, you know, shins it wide. Um, and that pretty much summed up for the rest of the season. But it took him a year to settle down, and we're hoping that whilst Ozil has a decent first season, next year he's going to be a world beater. I think Giroud's had a much better year so far this year, but let's face it, we do play 4-2-3-1. He's the only one we've got. Um, Yaya Sonogo, as per the last four podcasts, if you are listening, please let us know you're alive. We're worrying an awful lot. Yaya's a no-go, if you will. Um, Mark, am I, am I correct in saying that Olivier Giroud's run out of steam already? Bearing in mind, 75 minutes, getting hammered by Manchester City, we take him off and we bring on Nicholas Bentner? I think what I'm saying is the tactics. I mean... Before we'd have played a game with with him up there, feeding off, and there'd have been a guy feeding off him, maybe your poacher. But I think since we bought our fox in the box, Francis Jeffers, I think we're not looking for one of those again. So mm. I think the team, and it has worked so many times. Giroud leads the line, he brings defenders out, and Ramsey popped in that hole behind. Özil's done it a number of occasions. Walcott gets back scoring. I think really, we, if you look to the goal scorers. Would you want to be reliant like Liverpool? 17 goals in, what is it? How many games? 11 games? You've yep. got uh, Suarez. You wouldn't want to be that reliant on one guy. I think he brings other players in. And if you know, Podolsky comes up, starts popping a few in, I think it'd be good for the team. I think he's a great team player. I think tiredness, I think that what I... They had to play, the French had to play those two tough games, the... Uh, the playoff matches for the World Cup. I know Cassiano got sent off, missed the second one, but I think that mentally, uh, I don't know how's that. If they'd gone out of the World Cup there, I think they could have been a bit of sulks. But is anyone going to be saving anything up for Brazil end of this season? I don't know. It's um, I'm not sure about that one, but I, I think I've, I'd like to see him batter Chelsea. Like uh, they haven't got Drogba to batter us. I'd like to see him. And the boot on the other foot Monday night, and us knocking Chelsea defenders around that box, and people popping up in the spaces. And call I me, think he's capable of doing that. Call me naive, but I would really have liked to see uh, Walcott and Özil link up. With someone with the pace of Walcott and someone with the accuracy of Özil, right? They could take out any back four by just you know the over the top perfect ball onto a running Walcott. I mean that, that that's what I and that's something that Giroud can't do. He can't run after a ball. And his first touch it bounces off his shin, doesn't it? So Walcott has learned to control the ball and run with it now. Uh, the shooting is still uh, and the shooting was pretty good on Saturday as well. So Ooh, yeah. maybe we should just give Urzel, uh, give, give Walcott a chance to you know have a little run up 
Why not? Would you be reliant on um, um, big goal kicks from Chesney being uh, flicked on by five foot three inch makes Arshvin look like a giant Walcott? No, I think I think that's probably uh, not wouldn't be a good idea. But no, well, when, he's, when well, we, he's running we, onto it. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I agree. No, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I, th- I, I think we've underutilised Walcott's pace. Daniels, we overplayed the ball, and actually yeah. the quick ball over the top. Theo is still his main threat. His pace, yeah, you know, and it, and he's finishing. He's improving, and you know, these games coming definitely come on. But there, there are sides that, that play such a high back line. Mm. Um, we've got the players that can pick the pass, and we've got Walcott who can exploit it. Do it well. Whilst it's coming up to Christmas and we're all shutting the doors for different reasons, a week or so after that, the transfer window opens. You see. Oh, wow. Hey, the doors hey, we're each other. What does he mean by shutting the doors? Exactly. I've been opening on my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're having chocolate. Mark, would you prefer a centre forward when it gets to the 1st of January? Or can you rely on Podolsky? Um, I, I wouldn't know who this centre forward is I mean people are going to just bats from around and say have you seen this guy and yeah. he could be like Soldado ooh Valencia I've seen mm. the goals that's got the lead yeah we'll have a bit of that please and then you go ah um, so I don't know if you're going to hit me with a few names mm. JNA, I still think we want that guy to get the ball in the middle of the park and run at people and power on them. but let's see we're, I suppose really the one player is not European Cup tied is Luis Suarez I think I'd have uh, if you're offering him I think we'll take him please yeah just sell the, sell, not, sell some vouchers will do sell, <laughs> sell the Emirates Stadium and get Suarez that's what I reckon because <laughs> the bottom line is if we had Suarez we'd win the league mm. end of I, d- I, th- I think that's about right I mean let's face it Mike I mean would we, would we have been better upping the bid we put in for Luis Suarez uh, last summer even if that would have forfeited Ozil hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it such it all uh, always always uh, I mean I, I, I put on Twitter at the time I, I and I probably might have even said it on the podcast that Suarez for me I didn't want in the summer right now I think I'm looking pretty stupid um <laughs> Your words, yeah. I mean, he's on fire at the moment, isn't he? And, and you do, you do look and say, oh, "If we'd have just paid them the fifty million, we'd be ten points clear at the top by now, and probably you know be able to rest him for the next three games, and Giroud could play them all." But yeah, you know, that's not going to happen now. There's no way Liverpool are going to let him go um, for anything less than probably the 100 million that Real Madrid will have to stump up for, for him mm-hmm. um, next summer uh, other players that we could have mm, I don't know There's no, there isn't there isn't anyone that really catches the eye um, that you feel would come, come in and do, do a good job straight away you know, I, I like the look of Benteke at Villa last season mm. but he's gone off the boil horribly in the last yeah. couple of months um, Michu even he's you know he's not really pulling up any trees now so they're the sort of Bar's, names. Bar, I used to really like Bar at Newcastle, and since he's been at Chelsea, it's sort of. That's just because he's at Chelsea, really. Probably, yeah, well, yeah. saying them all. He's been yeah. so poor this season, he's had a D put on the end of his surname. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Anyone? No. <laughs> Dem- Denver Bad? <laughs> Is that your tumbleweed there? It's, oh. a t- <laughs> it's a tough crowd here today, it really is. Bloody hell. <laughs> Anyhow, so anyway, we've, we've lost 6-3 to Manchester City. Things aren't going brilliantly at the moment. It's not been a great week. Having said that, in good news, you get to pay an extra 3% next year on your season ticket. Also, the manager who's in charge of that football team, he gets another three or four years. That's something uh, justifiable and uh, celebratory, isn't it, Mark? Well, 
I'm, I've said on the previous podcast, I'm a freeloading photographer, get in on my pass. And, you know, I think anyone who's paying the money, their opinion's worth a lot more than mine. Yeah, I think it is tough. It really is tough with uh, playing top, top money anyway. I, I don't think you do. You're not going to pay performance-related. And I see a lot of tweets about people saying, enough's enough, let's not go to Man City, let's not go here. And they know that there's probably some corporate institution will turn around and say, we'll have four of those tickets and we'll pop along when things are, you know, we feel like it. So that, that's the, if they can get it, it's all market forces. And I do, I, you know, I was probably paying pounds, shillings and pence last time I paid. No, no, it wasn't much more than that. Uh, but when I wasn't, you know, I occasionally would enjoy going to, Highbury and put six, seven quid down and stand on the clock end. Mm. But now, ever since I've been in the Emirates, as a you know a photographer, I work there every week. But I've never, never paid any money to go in and, and see a game. Mm. And I'm kind of waiting till they bring standing back. I think till I do it. And um, I, I, yeah, I really do. I really sympathise for anyone who's been, you know, just seen the hike. Mm. Uh, and there'll be disgruntlement and everything. And people say, well, you know, bye bye. There's loads of Japanese tourists who come along they'll see my chance in the afternoon and cats in the evening or lame is you know. well Mike this time last week I uh, bumped into you uh, on the Monday night uh, at the Emirates uh, having Christmas drinks for um, members of different supporters clubs like the AISA Red Action the AST and uh, Ivan Gazidis was there um, just to check Kev was it um, uh, Chips Keswick or um, Lord Harris just one of it was chips. <laughs> it was chips, right, okay. I, I was just checking that, so. Um, but, you know, you, you've got the, the people who run the club there thanking us for our custom, our money, but uh, sorry, our support, that kind of thing. Um, that happens on the Monday. Give us a free glass of watered-down red wine. And then four days later, tell us they're going to screw us for our money. Um, that timing, so bad it wouldn't get an England cricket team, would it? <laughs> I don't know, it probably would at the minute. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I mean, the timing is, is, is uh, suspicious, to say the least. Um, I'd like to know the last time we announced next year's season ticket prices in December, because I don't think that's ever happened. Normally, they're still debating the point up until, well, probably up until the time when we clinch fourth place. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact it, it followed so soon after that, those drinks mm. and uh, that we are sitting top, proudly top of the league. Well, make hay while the sun shines yeah. is what they're it, 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 it kind of reminds me of the announcement of the bond scheme. You know, we just won the league and if you want to come mm. and see us next season, you're going to have to pay for a bond sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, it's probably not quite that bad, but call me cynical. Yeah. Uh, are you well, I've taken the stance that, that you know, I was a season ticket holder most of my life at Highbury and then for a small period of time at the Emirates until it, I just couldn't afford it. Um, and to be honest with you, I just had to sort of prioritise bills and things. And, 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 uh, shocking. Shocking. But, uh, I, I, you know, and now I sort of nibble at crumbs when Kev can get me a ticket. Um, so I, I'm very much a grade C'er these days. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll go to grade C games um, mm. at home. And I'm a horrible, the worst, What I used to look down at fans like me who <laughs> turned up occasionally and, you know, and uh, it's, uh, yeah. But, right, Basti, um, no one's going to look down at you, but what can you do? Well, that's right, unless I'm lying. So grade C, are we going to the top and come then? The top one, the cup match. Oh yeah, that might, might be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the interesting thing about the Spurs game. I found out from Kev just before we started that we're playing Spurs at home uh, three weeks after the draws made, that kind of thing in an FA Cup match, and we always play our reserves. That's going to be a great day game. Oh, oh. some people are going to be paying one hundred pounds plus to see ninety <laughs> minutes of a nil-nil draw. Um, Mike, 
That deserved? Stupid questions to the answer? <laughs> Did we even give an answer to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I, th- I think we were debating whether it was going to be grade B or grade C. So, <laughs> so, so good to bring it in as a grade A is, is just a joke. But uh, again, what do you expect? You know, they, well, they, they, they know there's going to be a demand for the tickets. Mm. They They're don't have a manager, do they? <laughs> oh, they might. Who's going to be? Well, who's, who's, who's we'll come, we'll come back to that, fixture? I'm sure. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, it, it's, it's ludicrous that it's a grade A game. Mm. Um, about the only good thing that, that's happened there is we've only given Spurs the minimum number of tickets. And we've given that's them right, 5,100 yeah. or something instead of the 9,000 they wanted. Show oh, I'm technically entitled to under English football laws, but even so, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I remember they did the same to us once. I remember we gave oh, them the yeah, whole yeah. end, right? We gave them the clock end. And then we we got some just a normal little corner. Mm. I can't remember which it was a cup cup tie years ago. Don't know. The worst thing is they make you go all the way up to Seven Sisters and be surrounded by animals. It's foul. I can't stand it. But Mark, let's put the cards on the table. If they're going to make our FA Cup matches Grade A matches, charge people through the noses for their ticket. For the first time in God knows how long, should we try and win the FA Cup for a change? Throw our first team out and say, fuck it, six games, let's win a trophy. Well, I was thinking, I'm looking ahead for fixes already. Not that I'm, uh, I, I'm surprised myself sometimes, I didn't think I was, <laughs> but we've got Cardiff at home on the Wednesday, Tottenham away to Man United. So, um, I don't know, I, I think that's good for us. You know, just cue Cardiff shot to win at the end. But you say that one of those are mid-table shit game. But even yeah, so. no, but so, I, I think the Cup... Yeah, it'd be fantastic. I think they should. I mean, I think last season, and you guys probably on these podcasts in the Guna probably hammer the team, but the Blackburn Cup match, when you were talking about the triple substitution, mm. brought back memories to me of the triple substitution yeah, against Blackburn Rovers in the Cup. And that moment was the low point of many a season for me. I'm, I'm looking at Chelsea Man City saying, you can't compete financially with them. You can't. That way lays... Portsmouth or Rangers, we're sitting there, um, you know, we're doing very well, but that the cup, no excuse, no excuse whatsoever for that, mm-hmm. and that that would be, how's it going to how's it going to be juggled? So that's right. Imagine, as you said, nil nil against Tottenham, back over for, there for the replay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't like it. We've got a big league game. Then you advance. You're in Champions League. You've got probably Man United away in the cup between two Bayern Munich ties, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to go. You know it's going to be sacrificed straight away. What do you reckon, Basti? If, if we're playing against Spurs and their caretaker manager, whoever that's going to be, should we just put our first team out, get falling up at half time, empty that end of the ground, and then have a training session? Oh, I think that sounds like a splendid idea. Uh, I think we should. Be lovely, <laughs> <wouldn't it? laughs> I like the way you sold. You really sold that one to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why not? Why not just go and take them out? Um, I, you know, look, the Champions League is looking a tad dodgy to me at the moment. We, yes, we have beaten Bayern Munich before, but we. We, you know, uh, I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Let's put it that way. I think we really blew that against Napoli. Still, you know, I'm saying this. I'm tempting fate so that we're not buying out. But um, mm. uh, we are top of the league, and we're two points clear now. If we get a good result against Chelsea, we've really got that has got to be the, the basket we're throwing our eggs into. It's the most important competition still yeah. for me. Um, of course, we've never won the Champions League. I'd love to win it. I just, oh, I mean, I went to Paris, you know what I mean? Mm. That, that, that one's got to be dealt with one day. But um, right now, the Premier League is on. And we've, got to, we've just got to just hammer, hammer at that one. 
And I think, with, you know, the FA Cup, you know, I'm a romantic, I love the FA Cup. And in fact, when I've once had the pleasure of holding the FA Cup and I mm. felt the hair stand on the back of my neck <laughs> and I wanted to cry, you know, uh, I couldn't stop kissing the thing, you know. Uh, so, but I, I think we really, if we're going to prioritise, you know, not spread ourselves too thin. Yeah, it's the question, do we go out firing on all fronts, knacker ourselves out and win nothing again? You know, which is what's happened over the last few years. So um, we sorry, need a trophy. Sorry, I know it might sound, but I'm just thinking bizarrely. Arsenal won the cup in '93. Wasn't it awful? Andy Lennigan winner. That was the George Brand football. Oh, shocking. I loved it. Yeah, it was a shocking, shocking performance. But then we we won the cup. The next two times we won it. 98-2002 we also won the league so why are we saying that one and that one isn't that just showing to Wenger that success breeds success when you get on that run mm. so it's not as if to say put a rubbish team out there and win it we actually won it yeah. the next two times we won it in you know in doubles Absolutely. so why not you've got to play the best team that you have available and fit for the next game you have in mm. any competition I mean, I mean, Wenger always comes out, doesn't he, and says, I put out a team that I felt was capable of winning it. And it's like, well, just put out your bloody best team. And, and as Mark says, you know, confidence builds. Mm, and we've seen mm, that, I think, true. already this season. You know, we get on a bit of a run, few results, and, and you can see the team are just playing with so much more confidence. You know, and OK, we've taken a bit of a hit, so we've got to bounce back. But if, if we, you know, if we were to beat Chelsea and then we've got West Ham, Cardiff, yeah. if we then go and beat Spurs as well, you know, you suddenly that run's developing again. And... Well, that was the, thing, the one thing leads to another. That was the bad thing about Napoli, is it was needless to lose that game, yeah. and suddenly we remembered how to lose, which yeah, is not yeah, what we yeah, really yeah. want to yeah. be doing. And, you know, you've got to... OK, you know, drawing there would have, would have been a win. Uh, um, drawing at Everton was at home is bad, because drawing at home is bad, but, you know, Everton are actually an exceptional side at the moment, so... Um, but losing, losing two in a row now, I mean, we've we got, we got to find our winning ways again. We have lost two in a row, but having said that, I mean, when we played Napoli at home, we beat them 2-0. That was a proper old-fashioned, um, invincibles-era Arsenal, you know, in the sense we came out, we were running at 1,000 miles an hour, we got two brilliant goals, and then so the opposition said, we're just going to have a quiet training session now. And they came at us, couldn't get through, that was brilliant. And whilst you get people coming out saying, Arsenal are these flat-track bullies, we have beaten Napoli, we've beaten Liverpool. We've beaten Spurs, we've beaten Borussia Dortmund. Calling this fair tra- flat track bullets, that's stupid, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, we have beaten some decent sides and we play some good football. Mm. And, you know, the way we've been playing this season, there's definite change of tact of way yeah. we've been approaching games. We're, we're now more prepared to let the other team have the ball and let them come onto us mm-hmm. and then hit them all on the break. And we've played a lot faster going forwards than we've had done for a couple of years. And that's just great to see. I mean, it does, as you say, sort of kind of reminds us here of the Invincibles. And, you know, don't get me wrong, listeners, and I'm not comparing this team to the Invincibles in the slightest, but, you know, there's one or two little memories and little... More direct, I think. Yeah. 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 It's a good way of putting it, actually, Mark. I mean, let's face it, we've seen, you know, wins against teams like Southampton, Cardiff and Hull since the last recording. The, the best thing about that is we haven't conceded the goal in those games I mean as we were talking about the Napoli game we get our two special goals and say just come to us you're not going to get past it and we were incredibly rigid the defensive 6-7 people that kind of thing I mean do you think we could have that Tony Adams theory that came out a few years ago Mark whereby as long as you beat all the teams from 11th to 20th home and away you don't have to worry about the other games so we can do what, you know, what Man United used to do sure yeah there was there was this you know one season where United won the mini league got 
how many teams you want to put in that mini league they got 12 points out of 12 they said it's all about this next year a few more teams involved the 18 points United got 5 out of them mm. but smashed Wigan and away Blackburn Rovers so you know it's just tossing up the points but I think the goals that we have conceded I mentioned before is in El- I forget the guy's name the Everton substitute from Barcelona oh uh, uh, do, do do yeah. what a goal I mean really Gibbs thought, I know where you're going, bang, and it's through Chesney, and he's been unstoppable lately. It was, it was just, hang on, can I see that again? It was something special, and I was about to tweet, you know, something about the game, just the turn, the turn, and stuck that in that bottom corner. That was straight out of the top draw. That hasn't happened to uh, most of all season in the Premier League, and it was just something else. The second goal was a big mess when everyone was panicking, but the two goals there that kind of, you know, turned those matches were really you've got to turn around at some point and say how do you defend against that one yeah. so the, there is there is some calm I don't know what it is with Murta Saka I don't know if I can confess this on national radio where are we <laughs> but I was actually photographing the game the England Germany game and I was actually celebrating with Murta Saka when he scored his goal I'm thinking <laughs> whoops I do I do like that green kick it reminds me of Gabe Muller when they Muller this in the 70s but I don't know. I just love. I just seem to like this guy. We criticising something about Giroud's running. I actually like the guy. I know what he's capable of. I know where his limits are. But I think I like the guy. He's given it a lot for Arsenal. He's given us another dimension. Murtaugh's exactly the same. He's not Franz Beckenbauer at the back, but he's. You know, I think when we played Tottenham, we were all over the place, weren't we? I think this is the last podcast I did. We were, you know, in a bad place. They come at us for the last 20 minutes and everything went on Mosefka's head. Was yep. that bad direction or good positioning by him? He was just there. This is it. I, th- I think you're right. I think positionally he, he's the best defender we've had for a few years yep. now. A good few years. And, you know, but I think the first year people were going, oh, you know, he's, he's lucky he's just going to him. But you're right, you know, yeah. it can't be luck time after time after time. He's in the right place at the right time mm. too often for that to be pure luck. And I, I, th- I think, I don't know whether it's the social media world or whether it's just the modern society every goal we've conceded somebody has to be blamed yeah sure um, yeah, you yeah. Know, and I, I just think that's wrong I think sometimes you do just have to hold up your hands like, yeah, yeah. like the Everton kids yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and say he shifted that and he didn't half hit it yeah, it yeah. was part you know he rocketed in mm. I, don't, I don't care who you were I don't think anyone was stopping that oh, no. um, and, and there have been we have come unstuck of that a few times not just this season either no, I mean, we, we always seem to be Tottenham's play up against a player who gets one goal all his life Danny, like Danny Rose, Rose Danny Rose there's always a long range shot that goes in yeah. Danny Rose he was on loan at Sunderland last yeah. year every time I turned on the telly and Sunderland were on they'd go there's Danny Rose he's only scored one goal you know but what a crack <laughs> <laughs> one of the pos- positives I was just sort of daydreaming as you were all nattering away <laughs> one of the positives of the last three weeks or couple of weeks is that um, when we lost to uh, Napoli strange and, and we drew with it dropped points against Everton you know that day against Everton everyone else lost which yep. was great mm-hmm. um, we actually ended up better off against gained the a point gained yeah. a point uh, and then Napoli okay right we're, you know we're still qualified uh, and we did then go to Man City and score three goals, which no one else has done. So let's keep this glass half full, Gunners, right? And uh, let's get a result against Chelsea. And that's all I've got to share on the matter. Well, you say that. You've got a, half, uh, a glass half full, a glass half full of Erdinger, one of Bavaria's finest beers. Will it still be a glass half full? That's an alcohol-free beer if my AA sponsor's listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's just very good for sure. Yeah, I should have said that in German. Well... 
Bayern Munich, they're in Germany and they're our opposition in the last 16 of the Champions League as per last season. Having gained victories in both of our visits to German clubs in 2013, Basti, should we be optimistic of the chance of progress? Well, being a little bit German myself, um, I, can, I can report that on national German television every Saturday, um, when they have Sportschau, which they do, they actually, they've, they've almost got like Arsenal Corner now. It's great. And uh, they're, they're actually, they're, I was going over there visiting my mum recently and they had this, this guy with a, an Arsenal kit on, a 70s Arsenal kit, presenting a television show. <laughs> so Germany's gone Arsenal mad, because uh, of those and Mertesacker and Podolsky, obviously. Well, uh, Bayern are, well, I don't have to tell anyone, Bayern are uh, a scarily good side. Um, but we, you know, maybe third time lucky. Uh, they've knocked us out twice, haven't they, of the uh, Champions League, mm. um, as far as I know. Um, they did. I, I was at the Bayern Arsenal game when we lost 1 0 but still qualified years ago. Um, but then that aside, um, they're doable, right? We've proved that. We've gone there, we've beaten them. Um, and, and so they are doable and I think as much as we balls up against Napoli and thought oh no we're going to have to play, play a big team those big teams were thinking well, the last thing we want is Arsenal so um, let's use that and, and show a bit of mental strength and go out <laughs> there and, and give the blighters a damn good hiding What do you think Mark? Should we be more optimistic than if we were playing Barcelona or Real Madrid? Let's um, yeah, just take it on form Bayern's last Two home games against English opposition ended up in defeats, mm -hmm. clutching at straws here. No, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to kind of throw it away on the home leg and go out there in a glorious away victory to say, look at us, we won in Munich again. Um, like Norwich City, we're up there with them now. Mm. Sorry, going back to the only for the 90s now, Jerry Goss, I remember it well. But uh, no, I, I think that Bayern is as tough a test as you get. Barcelona without Messi on the same side. Uh, I think I'd fancy picking a few holes in Real Madrid's defensive capabilities and say we'll keep Bale quiet. We know all about him, but Bayern is just—they're not relying on one guy to do it on the night. Nope. Phenomenal squad, and you know, I say I just don't hope we put in a superhuman effort, put everything into that game, lose with some credibility, and then go. Oh, by the way, we lost to Walsall in the FA Cup, and we're now seven points behind Man City I think what we've got to do as well is turn the Emirates into whatever it's called Ashburton Grove into a fortress like yeah. we did that night against Barcelona yeah. where we just that, the, the whole everyone went for it like, yeah. you know players and, and supporters and, and the club have to invest a little bit of imagination into how we can really turn it into a daunting prospect that it's, night at home because if we can beat them at home uh, then we can also we can do them out there. It's a great point. It's not putting a plastic flag on every corporate no. that turns up seat. <laughs> yeah. It's about saying, you know what? Let's leverage a bit of this for some. They're not going to do it though, are they? If I wish they just say to everyone, look, on your feet and kids. stand exactly. throughout the whole yeah. game. If everyone stood throughout the whole game against Bayern Munich at home. Any singing teacher will tell you you'll project your voice more when you're standing up. You're going to sing more when you're standing up. Yeah. You're not going to slouch and go, oh, I'm just watching the match with your arms folded. You're going to get up there and you're the, you're the 12th man. And that's what we need. We ne we'll need a 12th man. It might be another topic, but maybe just have a quarter of the normal number of stewards. That could do it, couldn't it? I think that would... Uh, just have no stewards at all. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, to finish yourself. Find Munich in the Champions League. After that, I just want to. It's no, like, no. like 300. I just want to. Charge! Charge! Fucking charge! 
Bastard's views do not represent good. <laughs> <laughs> we can play, we can play skins <laughs> against shirts, <laughs> right? And all just go charge. <laughs> <laughs> Send us out in a cape and a pair of tight pants. What do you reckon, Mike? Jump us for gold. Oh, it sounds good, yeah. No, I, think, I think the thing about bouncer work, it would scare them off if nothing else. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I agree with everything the, the guys have said. You know, so the home leg is all important this year. Don't, don't give them the advantage and let, let them relax in the second leg. Whether you think they did that last year or not, I don't know. But there were plenty of people that, that discredit our 2 0 win out there saying, oh, well, it was a bit worthless. Well, mm. yeah, okay, maybe it was, but it was still great. Um, well, I agree. Uh, for me, Wenger watches the, that game 246 times. We win the, both games 2-0 and we'll go on and win the Champions League. It's easy like that, right? I think yeah, so. One other thing, don't leave the stadium until no. the final. You know, if we're 1-0 down against Bayern or 2-1 down or something, you know, if we stay... How many times at Highbury have we had that, you know, suck the ball into the back of the net because the whole stadium was just right on it, you know? Oh, gotcha. Bit of come on you, right? No stewards and padlock the gates as well. Padlock the yeah, gates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck the Human Rights Act keep the animals in there that'll be fine yeah it looks a bit like oh, I won't go into it actually it was, uh, it was, it was <laughs> right on it was that note <laughs> film I'm not going there on that though uh, Mark uh, the Gooner tweeted to ask any questions uh, for you with a view, with a view to answer on, on tonight's podcast and we, we've had a few tasters coming through so looking at the, the, the ones that in front of me Mr Joe Gagliardi asked us have you ever had any confrontations with players or managers over your photos or attempted photos right well I'll give you an example one of each they are no surprise going back to the 70s there was a straightforward used to have a press day a photo call and 1979 at Crystal Palace it was I didn't have a lens wide enough to get all the perm hair in and Mike Flanagan was a great player he was I think that he teamed up with uh, Clive Allen when he left the Arsenal. And uh, I think they called him Allen and Flanagan, I think, or something like that. And they, <laughs> they teamed up together. And 90 Minutes, which I thought was a great mag, did a retro page, and they wanted all amusing pictures. And Mike Flanagan, this picture with his perm, you can hardly see his face, adorned the page. And he called up the magazine and said, oh, I'd like a copy of that. And he got my phone number. He said, what are you doing? You're taking a piss, aren't you, hun? publishing that picture of me you made me look the right mug now with all my <laughs> mates I said I wasn't your barber Mike you know, I did not set your hair on a permanent wave and he got a bit itchy about it but um, my running with a manager was I worked for an agency in the 70s and we used to shoot Ipswich Town's programme and uh, the, bo- the boss said to me just go down to Portman Road Friday morning ahead of a cup tie against Liverpool it's fine I've sorted it you can go do training <laughs> I walked in there and there are people queuing up for tickets and you know a busy day and Bobby Robson comes through and I start following him he said where are you going he said on the training pitch what are you talking about oh it's been sorted he said not with me it hasn't and he starts tearing me off a strip who do you think you are da 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 and he's looked around he's just about to get me in a headlock and all these people are watching so he takes me into his office and he pushes me in there and on his office wall was this picture which I had taken of Trevor Marks <laughs> Weimark scoring a goal and he was saying to me you you think you're a photographer that's bloody photography you know nothing about that and I thought is this the point I tell him that I took it I thought no he won't believe me he'll kill me so it came out the door after this telling off like the headmasters I turned left back to the car park he grabbed me where are you going train your pictures out there get out and do your job missed the schizo it was nice a good guy and I sh- took a few shots and running and he came towards me I was ready to go and he said got anything you want son just give us a call next time I mean a day with Bobby I mean everyone's got the story of Bobby Robson but it was just I was about 18 years old scared the life out of me but these people's faces as he just 
you know, did a Basil and Forty on me, he dragged me <laughs> to the office, and I thought, great, it's my picture up there, but I didn't. People said, did you tell him? I, I think it would have gone wrong. I, I just, I think I judged it right there, but it was a great thing. I don't think we have the access now. I couldn't, you know, couldn't say, oh, I was there with Mourinho and these things. It's all stage managed. Anything was nearly getting out of control. The press office would be on you, but no. well, in or out of a ground or, or a game before, during, or after. A question for you and for Wenger, actually, uh, from Guna Zlatan. Um, any sightings of Meza Urzel in the last month? Or? Well, I think we touched on it earlier. I think Mike said about the performance in Cardiff when I went down there just to get some shots of Urzel on a telephoto lens on the ball and uh, didn't have much success. He was knocking it back and he was trying to find space, keeping possession. There was one opportunity came. He was put away on the left with a big 50-50. Well, here we go, big chap. He jumped out of the tackle. So then, he, he, I got him in my sights, he looked up, ping, I thought, oh, that's a nice little sequence, and I, I didn't have time to change lenses, he's picked out Aaron Ramsey, bang, 1-0, I've missed the goal <laughs> picture. So I d- ditto, second half, there I was, da 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 and he's picked out um, Flamini for the second goal. I mean, to put the ball on the spot where Flamini cannot miss, that is, you know, nothing against Flamini, but how many times is he get, you know, the ball going to drop there? And I just thought... An off day for Ozil, maybe the Sunday people gave him 6 out of 10, but when what I saw, and I don't pretend to see the whole game like a fan, I'm not paying to get in, but what I saw through my lens and the end results were just, you know, I, I think there's more to come from that guy. So, yes, I have seen him, Mr... Mr Zlatan. <laughs> I was just a, a bit worried to hear, is the Sunday people still going? I didn't think there was a paper called the Sunday People anymore. I thought I was being racy. I was going to say the, the, <laughs> the, the, the Sunday sporting People. Yeah. Is, it, is yeah. it still going? Yeah. I haven't seen that it's around. Like, they probably don't sell to me up in Hampstead. I thought it was up there with Today and the European. <laughs> oh, the European. You've got oh, the news, the, news, news in the world, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, OK, well, gents, we're just winding up. But um, some light relief, literally, before we uh, finish in the, the last two minutes. That's been provided by our neighbours up the road and Tottenham's 5-0 thrashing at home to Liverpool and the subsequent dismissal of Andre Villas-Boas. Where did it all go wrong? Anyone? Or does anyone actually give a flying fuck? I think it's, it's, it's terribly disappointing that, that they've got rid of him so soon. He was doing a great job there, I thought, and uh, was giving us much amusement. And, I really uh, liked uh, Yeah, I, I got a text. Christian Gross is yesterday. available, apparently. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, Joel, Joel's available as well. Yeah. I, got, um, I got a text from Glenn a Tottenham Holland. fan before the kick-off yesterday. Uh, before the Tottenham match uh, go, going on about so you're not giving it the six goals away to City joke anymore yeah. kind of thing right and I just came back with yeah we'll just wait till Suarez put seven past you today so I got I got it too wrong <laughs> but to be honest with you it wasn't all Suarez obviously but um, oh it was lovely right almost so lovely I love it the Liverpool fans had seen we won 5-0 at the lane because it was this time of year, wasn't it? It was, right? to 20, 23rd of December 1978. Yeah, it was. Oh, was that the 5-0? Look at that. that. that oh, look, look at that. Oh, can I just quickly share my story please, about that game? Please, please. There's always five. time. Well, that, uh, that, that's, that's when I realised that White Hart Lane was not somewhere I should go because <laughs> I went to that game and just before the kick-off, all the Arsenal fans started doing the wanker salute, as it was known then, uh, all the Tottenham fans. And I was standing at the back, and I couldn't get under the bar to stand up inside at the back. And so I was doing my little wanker salute, and, and the next thing I know, I'm in a half Nelson, and I was thrown out, and it was a long, long... I was going, please, no, no, it's all right, copper. <laughs> and uh, he, he chucked me, he was a Tottenham copper, he just chucked me out. He loved it, and shut the door behind me, and I was out in the street, and missed the kick-off, and went home, and I... I, when I watched it at home on Match of the Day, it was um, 
first time I saw that goal, it was with John Motson. Yeah. Unfortunately, as opposed to with... Couldn't you pay to get back in in those days? Oh, I didn't have any money. It was about... How old was I? What year was it? Okay. I was 14. I run, I run out of money. That was it. I had enough <laughs> to get in and that was it. Thank you, Basti. It's almost time to wrap up, unfortunately. But before we do, a few words about the current issue of the Guna from our editor, Mr Kevin Witcher. Yes, indeed. The issue uh, currently on sale will be on sale outside the games against Chelsea, Cardiff and the FA Cup tie against Spurs. And it's our annual issue with the free calendar. So uh, the theme this season is wow signings. So uh, 12 players that uh, got the fans uh, excited when uh, news was announced. Uh, in contrast, in the issue itself, we've uh, asked contributors to um, tell us about signings that made them groan. And uh, there is one particular player who is in both um, the calendar as a wow signing and a groan signing. So uh, if you want to find out who that is, by the issue. Uh, other pieces inside include a great story about getting a ticket for the Champions League final in Paris in 2006, um, a tribute piece to Ian Wright, and the latest in our Arsenal Sutra series, this issue's position being the Walcott. Want to find out what that's about? Uh, please buy two pound fifty. Please support the Guna to keep us going. We need you to help us by buying copies from our sellers now in very fetching red uh, tops on match day. Okay. If there's even the most remote chance of getting a picture of Colin Pates on my bedroom wall, I'll be incredibly happy. <laughs> Finally. The usual reminder that if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast, our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, it's goodbye from Mark. Goodbye. From Mike. Farewell. And the Don. Auf Wiedersehen. We'll be back at the end of January with our next podcast. And until then, this is your host, David Udo, saying thanks for listening. la da da la da dee Oh, good friends and jolly good company. Way.